Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be joined by Greg D'Alessandro, the CEO and editor-in-chief of Weekly World News a media company founded back in 1979 with over 100,000 stories and 300 characters in their library. Greg, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Seth. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. Now, you are a prolific writer, producer, director, and musician. How yes. did you end up at Weekly World News? Well, yeah, I was uh, a writer out in L.A. for, for a long time, and uh, I was pitching stories to... Uh, uh, National Lampoon uh, at the time, and somebody at, at the at the Lampoon uh, went to work for Weekly World News, and uh, they remembered me and and some of my ideas. So I started writing for Weekly World News and stories, and I it just grew from there. I kept uh, you know I wrote a bunch of stories when it was in print, and then it went online, and I wrote um, many stories. I think I wrote a total of about five thousand stories for Weekly World News over the over the years. So when, when uh, it went to relaunch in 2019, at the end, we just started this relaunch. Uh, I, was, I was the one they pegged to, to lead the re rebirth since I had created a lot of the content. That is absolutely incredible. And obviously it gives new meaning to the word prolific. Yeah. But tell us about the rebirth. What is Weekly World News now known for? Okay, well, right now, well, we're, we're uh, known still for, for the, you know, the legacy brand, all the, all the Bat Boy and the characters that we've had. So now we are, you know, it's taken a little bit, especially with the challenges of the pandemic, but we are, you know, we have an online, uh, weeklyworldnews.com, a website. Social media is, uh, we have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, of course, we're just starting a YouTube channel. And uh, another lane that we're focusing on is, is um, you know, entertainment, TV, podcast, film, which is uh, an area we've been focusing on a little bit. So that'll help exposure and get the brand back out there, you know, uh, to people, which would help, you know, the online and everything. Because when I was in LA, uh, a lot of times I was pitching stories and people would say, you know, what else have you worked on? Or are we working on? And I would mention Weekly World News every now and then. There's, there were always uh, interest in it. So that's why we've been you know, pushing hard in that. We have a lot of interest. We have a company that's working with us for a podcast. We have an independent film we're working on, working on and a TV series that's being pitched starting in about a week. So there's a lot of interest in the characters and uh, 
So I guess that right now, at the moment, we're still in the, we got past the op the beginning part of the relaunch, just getting it back working again, because it had been dormant for four years. So just up and, and just alive again. And now we're trying to move into the, you know, growing it and, uh, and getting uh, one of these entertainment properties locked down. That is fascinating. What do you like best about what you're doing? Uh, you know, I, I love interacting with our fan base right now. Uh, we have a lot of, uh, it's incredible. We have a lot of fans. Uh, they're very active on Facebook, which is where we have our most followers right now, 140,000, but they're very active. And uh, just to hear the stories of people that, um, you know, how much Wicked World's news meant to them in the 90s when they're growing up and earlier. And, you know, how it's just, it's a place to go right now that's not political and it's just kind of fun and silly and uh, people seem to enjoy it. So I, I really like that and, and it's very creative. You know, I'm, I'm working with some good writers and you know, great imagination. So I, I like dealing with the writers and the people. That's, that's what I enjoy most. You're producing content about aliens, mutants, bad boys, zombies, all, all kinds of things. Right. Where, where, do, where do the ideas come from? Well, you know, that's always a good question. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, we, we sit around and, uh, well, you know, when, when Wicked World started, it was based on, uh, it was an offshoot of the National Enquirer. So, uh, which started, the National Enquirer started in 1952, 1979. They went to color print, uh, printing presses. So they had these black and white print press still available. So they wanted to use them. And they had been collecting a lot of bizarre stories. You know, a guy finding a, you know, 23-foot, grasshopper or something, you know, and uh, they had saved a bunch of these stories. They didn't really fit into the National Enquirer, so they started putting them together, these stories. So uh, that's when it started, like just bizarre, true stories. And then, then in the 80s, they had um, Elvis was alive. That was kind of the first one that kind of broke through that said Elvis was alive. And then it kind of went from there, expanding to, you know, dialing up some truth and some exaggeration in there. And then they created characters like Batboy and Navigator and PhD Ape and all that. So a lot of the ideas come from the basis of the characters, you know, rooted in the characters or creating new characters. We do a lot of cryptids and then just, you know, coming up with ideas that would fit our, our brand, which is kind of directed towards, you know, middle America, not really the, either the coast, but just everyday people do crazy stories uh, and that people like about aliens and cryptids, stuff like that, <laughs> yeah. So in a world um, that's inundated by the media, in a world where people are complaining about fake news, you're doing it on purpose to a, right. certain, to a certain extent. Uh, talk a little bit about, you know, the entertainment value of all of that. I mean, you're writing stories, you're talking about TV and film. Will there be a weekly world news studio? I mean, talk a little bit about the plan, about the plan for the future. Yeah, I mean, the plan, I mean, we we're just talking last week, we want to form a weekly world news, you know, productions, which is what we're trying to do, because we've been, we've had a lot of interest in, in LA, as I said, but a lot of times we have a, like a middle person between us because we're, you know, we're relaunching. And uh, so they're like, wow, you're just so small and everything. But now we, we saw that, you know, that takes a long time to get stuff done in Hollywood. So now we're just actively with our representation going out and creating these stories on our own. 
and taking them to directly to studios, directly to production companies. That's that's the goal right now. Um, I forgot the first part of your question, which that's I that's okay. No, it's okay. Yeah. No. What is it? Do you think that has recaptured people's interest? Why are they so fascinated with you know your characters and your stories now? You know, I, I, when you mentioned uh, fake news, which we call the, the F word, we don't like to use it because we everything we we write is one hundred percent true all the time so uh, i think that you know it's it's a funny thing because we were like fake news before there was fake news you know so now it's come around we're like the media some people think either whatever side you're on is considered fake news so now they're coming back to us because it's 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 you know we're overtly like you know uh, uh you know not you know if you read it it's like exaggerated not true and everything so people seem to think that it's fun, playful fake news, so you know it's, you know, fake news, you know? So I think people are coming back to, you know, they just, just I, you know, there's just not a lot of places that are apolitical, that are fun and, and, and silly, you know? I think maybe that also in the comedy world. You know, see, people are both taking sides, and some people have told us that we should, oh, pick either the right or the left, which is sort of like the onion territory, or the right, which is uh, Babylon B now, right? But then, you know, then we're associated with that. You turn off the whole other side. So we're trying to be in the middle and to generate an audience that way, which, you know, has its challenges. You know, there's all these, all sorts of challenges, but we're trying to navigate our way through it all. You know? It sounds like you're doing a great job where you've overcome some adversities along the way. What do you think some of the most important lessons you learned were? Oh my God. Well, uh, I think, I think we have to be, we have to adapt. We have to, we have to really adapt to the, every, the changing times and what's going on, uh, in technology wise and also, you know, content wise and world wise, like, like some of the content in the nineties that, that, uh, Weekly World News published, even in the early two thousands, it just doesn't, it's not appropriate now, you know, it just has the world has changed and we got to be, you know, sensitive to everything. So it's, it's, we're walking a fine line a lot of times on the content, you know, so we have to be much more aware of that. And also technology, things are changing so rapidly. Like we don't have a presence on TikTok yet. So maybe we should have a TikTok. Uh, we have this agreement with Firework. I don't know if you've ever heard of Firework TV. They have short video content that's, uh, it's not like a platform, but it goes, you know, you put on uh, short videos on your website and then it goes across around uh, the internet. So it's kind of sits on your website. So we're, we have an, a partnership with them. So we put little short videos on our website and then they can also be put uh, other places on the internet. So we're open to other new technologies such as that. And I think learning that it just, everything is, each platform takes a lot of work. Like YouTube, we also have started, but that's a, that's a big project, YouTube, you know, Instagram is like, you know, it seems like, oh, you just post, but that's a big project too. And, and, uh, and I think of the biggest thing we've learned is that we need promotion and marketing. We need money and, and time put into promotion and marketing because, you know, like Facebook, we have Facebook, but they only, uh, if we have 140,000 people, they only show our posts to like 10%. Right, you got to write. So now we got to now we got to reach the rest of them, and uh, that's a challenge. Just knowing Facebook, you know, just knowing Facebook's a challenge. Same thing with Instagram. 
And the same thing with our website. Uh, even in 2015 or no, 2012, we had some months we had a million visitors a month. And we're just trying to get back back there. It's 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 uh, it's a struggle because Google has all these like rules now too, right? And we're trying to please Google and we're trying to please Facebook. That seems to be one of the things we're we're trying to do all the time. But yeah, marketing and promotion would be that's that's the phase we're in now is trying to figure out how are we going to do this the, the best way because so some people say oh you just you know just spend two hundred dollars a post on facebook and boost them boost each post you know and that'll get you to where you want to be you know six hundred thousand but i don't know if that's that works i mean that might work for some products i might not, i don't know if that's going to work for us and then yeah it's just, it's all seems like a gamble because we don't have a big budget right now so it's like do we put money there or, you know, do we put on Instagram or, or should we build a newsletter? You know, a lot of people are looking at, at the newsletter. So then maybe we don't need Facebook or Google. We have like, uh, you know, eventually, you know, you build up your newsletter. We have, I think we have like 7,000 now, but if we break it, build it up to, you know, 100, 200,000, maybe we're not as relying on Facebook or, you know, there's a lot to learn. As you, yes, as you, you are walking, you, you are the, you're walking yeah. the marketing type rope. I will tell yeah. you. Don't boost posts. It's a waste of money. You're just handing Zuckerberg money. There is a uh, much better way to get engagement than to get paid engagement than boosting a post. We've been through that for many, many years. Oh, okay. You are such a prolific storyteller. What do you, what are some of the stories that you read? What inspires you? Oh, well, I've always, you know, I, I read uh, everything, but I, I, I do I have like the science fiction and comedy, I read a lot of, you know, comedy and just general fiction. I read a lot of um, fiction. So, I, I mean, I've been influenced by everything. I also was a um, musician for a long time. So I listen to a lot of music all day and play, play all the time, still write music. So, uh, and I look at our competition all the time. I read The Onion, Babylon Bee every day, Water for Whisper News, Hard Times. I read them all, you know, I read everything because I'm just trying to be educated and everything and uh i do like listening to podcasts i i, I listen to everybody i can to, to get anything that can help me you know move this thing along you know so awesome well we know your time is incredibly valuable we greatly appreciate you sharing some of it with us this has mm -hmm. been seth green with greg d'alessandro of weeklyworldnews.com anything else you want to share that i didn't think to ask you no, I, I think the only other thing we, we have, uh, you know, people would probably recognize Batboy. That's our signature character, right? And we just pr printed a new print edition called Greatest Covers, limited edition, which you, you can get off of our website or Facebook. So maybe we'll be back in print too. Sometime. Awesome. Well, congratulations yeah. on what you've done. You've accomplished a ton. Can't wait to see what you do next. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much, Seth. Thank you. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet.
Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.